Pittsburgh News Talk Station 1420 WDF. Well, sometimes we get a little bit of a, we get a little extra in there. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, the science advisor, Matt Moniz, and psychic medium, Stephanie Burke. See, Stephanie, I remember to uh, say all the different you did. things in there. That was new. That was a first. And uh, we just heard a little bit of a, a little bit of something fire off there. So I got to ask you guys while we're here. And while we're all together, and I might as well ask this ask ask this on the air. There's there's a rumor going around that we might be having some new imaging for the station, a new voice leading us into programming, and you know uh, all the legal IDs and everything. Do we want to have the announcer say "Spooky Self"? Do we want to have bring the voice back, not the same voice because I believe the original voice that we used to have passed away. But do we want to have a voice introducing us, or do we want to just come in from the music like we do now? I would say a voice. I was going to say, why not? Let's do a voice. I think the voice is cheesy. Yeah? Mm. Okay. It's a good voice, though. The new voice, if, if we make the switch to the voice that I heard, it's a good voice. I don't want to give anything away. Well, it's got to be a good one, otherwise it's... It is we'll, a good we'll one. We'll have to hear it. We'll, maybe, maybe we'll have a... We'll have... Listeners decide. We'll have the station invest the money in having it done and then decide if we never want to use it. Because that's just a good way to just waste corporate dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast, where we talk about the paranormal. And uh, we will be talking about the paranormal tonight. We have a lot of things to discuss, but I've I've had this like back pocket idea for the last you know couple of we- couple of weeks, and I, I kind of want to throw it on the table tonight. And I want to. This question came up a few weeks ago. Uh, somebody on Facebook put up a question about whether or not you feel people can call themselves experts in the paranormal. And those of us who work in the paranormal world and have social media friends that are in the paranormal world, this question comes up a lot because people will refer to themselves as experts. And a lot of times people will not choose that term for themselves, but other people will put it on them. You know, so if, I don't know, Channel 12 showed up and they wanted to do a segment on Spooky South Coast, they would probably say, you know, paranormal experts, Stephanie Burke, Matt Moniz, Matt Costa, and Tim Weisberg. And, like, we didn't refer to ourselves as that. That's just what they would choose to call us. And already people would listen to that. People, quote-unquote, in the community would listen to that and say, oh, look at these guys trying to push themselves as experts in the paranormal. So I want to talk a little bit about some of that stuff coming up later on. But that's what kind of got me thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. And I said, this will be a good kick-it-around topic when we have the full crew in and we can kind of go over that. And that's whether or not what we what would happen if what we think we know about the paranormal turned out not to be true. All the things that we think that we know. And, Stephanie, I'm going to take your abilities into this as well. Too. Are you? We're going to get into all of that with the discussion. And I'm just throwing it out on the table right now that when we talk about this later... I'm not saying that anything that we talk about is wrong. I'm not saying that anything that we believe now is wrong. I'm just throwing out the, the possibility. So we'll get into all that coming up. Uh, but we, we do want to just catch up a little bit with everybody because we haven't had the full crew here uh, for a while. Stephanie, I know you just got back from a, a tropical destination. I did. I did. How was that? It was great. That You were so worried last week about getting on a boat, getting on a ship. Well, it was my first time on a cruise ship. And, so. and what did I tell you? It's like a big floating hotel. If you stay in the middle, you can kind of convince yourself that you're not on a boat until boat things happen. Until boat boat things happen. And boat things inevitably happen. Um, I think I was okay 
until I went to the top decks, and that's where I could really feel it. So I had to stay as low as possible at that point. Did did the muster freak you out on the first day? No, no, I expected it. But that's that's the part where it really starts to like sink in to me. Like, oh wait a minute, we're kind of trapped here. Like, um, if there's a fire, we're screwed. You know what? I got really claustrophobic on elevators because uh, people just cram themselves into the point where like you're oh, yeah. so smashed in, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Um, and I forgot another time that I got really claustrophobic. I can't remember now. I ate at the buffet most of the time, so I always took the stairs if I could. Because um, I had so much to work off. Well, the buffet was on the 11th deck, so... So you didn't go up there? Uh, I went once. Wow. I didn't really have a whole lot of time. I was busy the entire well, time. Well, you have to eat, though. Well, we had a scheduled dinner every night, and when I got off the ship, I would eat lunch, so... it. Uh, oh, no, I ate, I did not eat off the ship. I no. think you've been on you've been on longer cruises though. That's true. So I this was one on, was four days. Both so. one I was on was seven days. Yeah. So. No. So I only had four days. So um, I did try my hand uh, at eating at Senor Frogs. Probably will never do it again. That's like the most touristy place in the I world. I know, but remind me to show you the picture that I got from Senor Frogs. You just went there just for the free Wi-Fi. That's um, why. That's why everybody goes there. Actually, no, because it didn't work. Wow. I had the Wi-Fi on the ship, so. So, uh, but did you get to check out some cool, like, paranormally related places while you were Haunted Key there? West was actually really cool. I'm, I'm interested in spending more time um, there for sure. I got to meet Robert the Doll. Mm-hmm. That was a weird experience. Did you uh, take a picture? Uh, no, I'm not stupid. Well, you can. You just have to ask permission first. No, I'm good. Thanks. Um, we should know by now that anytime I acquaint myself with any type of did, weird haunted object, it just likes me anyways. Did you pick up vibes from Robert? It was definitely... Um, a weird vibe for sure. It gave me an instant headache, and anytime something gives me an instant headache, I know to just stay away from it. So see, I didn't bother to try to tap in or feel anything. See, or anything I have like a that. I have a little bit of a theory, a pet theory on Robert the doll, and that is, I think a lot of the story that is out there about Robert could be just legend, just could be urban legend. But people have put so much stock in that story that they put that energy well, into the doll. We did. I completely agree with you, and I would think the same thing. But we went on a. Um, a tour, and the tour guide was telling us the story. He actually brought us to the house um, that they had lived in mm-hmm. and that Robert was kept in, and we got to go inside. And uh, they were telling us the story of how, like, locals that have been around, you know, in that time, but, like, actually said, no, like, he used to carry this doll everywhere. Like, it was a weird bond. It was a weird experience. And all the stories that were attached to it, it's just too much in order to brush aside or kind of explain away. So... Right, but there's, I mean, there's aspects of the story where I'm like, I think part of this is overinflated. But the it, ones that they were telling us were not, so like I can a, tell you that. I'm, I'm talking about, like, the these after-effects stories of people that go there and visit the doll and come back and, you know, oh say, God, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I think a lot of that is there's just, an entire, it gets into people's minds. Oh, I completely agree with you. Um, there were a few people that went um, and deliberately disrespected the doll on purpose just because they thought it was going to be funny and then claimed, like, all these bad things were happening to them the next day. Like, my so, opinion, don't do it. Don't be a jerk. Did uh, did, the, did the TWC guys tell you that there was supposed to be an episode in Key West? Uh, no, you told me that. Right. There was supposed <laughs> to be an episode. Things didn't work out. Uh, right. But, uh, uh, see, they wanted to focus on Robert the doll, but I wanted them to focus on the mystery of Bum Fardo. Did, did you hear about Bum Fardo? I didn't. I'm almost afraid to ask. That's, no, it's it's a legitimate story. He was the chief of uh, the fire chief, I believe, or the chief of police. Okay. And um, 
and he disappeared. He supposedly he was involved with the mafia and, and running drugs for them and stuff like that. But uh, he disappeared, and nobody knows where he went. So, if you go there, like some of the t-shirt shops sell t-shirts that say, you know, where is Bumfardo? Who is Bumfardo? Like, I didn't see any of that. Well, I it was actually. To- I have to say, Key West was probably my favorite part of. The entire cruise. What about the Count? Did you get it, Did you get into that on any of the tours? Nope. The Count's a good story, too. Is it? Oh, yeah. A guy who uh, who married a corpse and kept her in his house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So nope. if, if there's ever a haunted town season two, we'll have to get to Key West because there are so many weird stories there. Uh, let's just go back anyways. Who cares if we're filming for a TV show or not? Well, because I don't want to like pay for, pay for it. things. <laughs> But the, uh, and I don't have to actually go there to, to enjoy I, um, researching it and writing about it. I would it. love to go back. I mean, the the beach was beautiful. And just being able to, you know, see everything and the, the history and the shipwreck history was really awesome. Um, I guess to go to a shipwreck museum before I got back on the boat. And I went to the fort where they keep Robert and kind of poked around there and saw all the history. I mean, yes, I spent time inside of historical places instead of out in the sun. Not really surprising. I'm a nerd. But... Yeah, I, I, I had no interest to go to the beach. Or no, I mean, I, I went to the beach just to see it, but we didn't have a whole lot of time, so. Well, a four-day cruise is tough. Yeah, like, it was, to cram everything everything's in, Everything's kind absolutely. of packed in and crammed in. So, but, but it was, uh, I glad, survived. Glad everybody had a good time. I would definitely um, like to be back in my my cabin with the door to the balcony open, sleeping every night. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty nice. Having to sleep in silence now is not fun. Oh no, I like I like to sleep in as far inside the ship as I can. Even, I don't even like the window. Really? Like the little porthole window. Nah, I don't need to know where I am. No. No, I like to just go and let go. I think it helped with the uh, the anxiety and the motion sickness. So they're gonna have a? Is this gonna be an annual thing for them? They're gonna do another one? I have not heard yet. I um. I actually had a great time with the people that put it on, so I'm hoping that we maybe, get some Maybe some next type year they'll do a little again. bit of a yeah. longer one. I actually, I had probably the most fun with them, just hanging out with them the entire time and, and their son. It was an amazing experience, for sure, and it made it a lot better being on a cruise ship for the first time. Just next time you'll have to take the haunted Norwegian ship. Which one's that? The Dawn. It's haunted? Oh, yeah. Why is it haunted? Uh, people have died on board, and, and uh, there's where they've had to take away the rooms where... Activity happens, and they've had to make those uh, staff quarters really? because people couldn't stay in them anymore. Okay, so, noted. Yeah, you there's there's a lot of stuff with the dawn. We there's there's we can get into that some other time. Oh, for definitely. Sure. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, it's it's you'd mentioned the shipwreck museum, and uh, certainly if you want to check out anything local, there's the uh, the Witta Museum on the Cape. Have you been there to the? Witta I have museum? not, and I would love to go. And uh, Moniz, have you been down there? Uh. I, not to the museum. I was working on actually being uh, one of the volunteer divers to help recover some of the material. Well, they've brought a lot of it up, including I was say, they found that the bones. Just came out. They found bones. Yeah, they found the bones, what they think are uh, Black Sam Bellamy's bones. Yeah. So it's uh, that, that's certainly an episode we can go back and revisit because we did talk about it before. Uh, we had Kathleen Brunell on, who had written a book about it. Mm-hmm. So I think now we should look into getting uh, the folks from the museum to come on, and, and we can get more into that. Let's you know? take a field trip. Not necessarily paranormal, but it's yeah. good, weird local history you know that's worth sharing. What's the paranormal without history? Right. So We've, this show is just about all things weird. It doesn't right. have to be just about you know things that go bump in the night. It can be about things that make it go hmm. <laughs> Cue the CNC Music Factory. Actually, we can't do that because then YouTube will. Uh, 
demonetize the video. And then we won't be able to... I'm going to just put this on mute, because I hadn't put the YouTube on mute, so... I usually find that out later when I try to do something else, and now I'm like, well, I can hear myself in a loop. Uh, but And also, uh, you know, one of the other things that we, we want to talk about tonight, as we're discussing this idea that I want to discuss, 508-996-0500 is the number, but we do want to let... You're going to be all over the place coming up. Yes. And I know that we just announced a, a couple more Spooky South Coast events. We're trying to fill the calendar up just because people are asking what we're going to do, and I'd rather know now than try to scramble later. We did that last year. We scrambled a little bit with stuff. And then by that point, people didn't know, and it was too late, and people couldn't make plans and everything. So we did just announce the other day that we'll be back in Wareham Correct. for our annual Ghost of the Gateway event, which is a, a big fundraiser for the Wareham Historical Society. Right. And, uh, and also, I know you won't be here for this, Stephanie, but on April 21st, the Lizzie Borden House, we're going to have that auction that I had mentioned a few weeks ago to help pay for some of Max's medical bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he racked up quite a huge bill right. with all the testing. But he looks great. He was awesome. Well, I got to see him. He was crawling in my lap trying to eat my salad. He was great. He seemed, you know, he seemed like Max. You know, was, And that's the thing. It's like you can tell, Leanne can tell with him when something's yeah. not right. And and she can tell now that, you know, things are better. Yep. But the problem is, is they spent thousands of dollars to trying not to know what, what was it was. Wrong. Yep. And so now they're stuck with this big bill. So we're going to have an auction. A lot of our paranormal friends have donated items. Uh, those of you who wanted to donate, you still have time because the auction will take place on April 21st. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be announcing that we're going to be doing Moniz and I will run a little ghost hunt uh, event there too that night since the house is put aside for the auction. So we figured if we did this, it's a way to kind of – because people are going to be there and they're going to be like, hey, can we go on? So this way here we can sell some tickets and help raise some more money yep. to help with Max's medical bills. And you'll also be able to get the same rate that we always put out with our events for people that want to stay over. We'll, we're going to have that same rate available that night too. Awesome. So anybody that wants to stay. Because people took advantage of that last week because they had no power or heat at home. They're like, hey, you know, that's like – I could go home and sit in the dark, or I could stay here, and you know, and it was actually funny. And the rate that we get is actually better than if you try to go to a hotel, especially where the hotel will, you know, jack up the prices, knowing that people will come and stay because they don't have heat or electricity. Mm-hmm. So we will, uh, we'll have all those details. I'll, I'll try and get them out tomorrow, just so that we can start planning that. I, I got to figure out how we're going to do the auction. That's the challenge. We're thinking we're going to stream it on Spooky TV so that people across the country. Leanne already said, Matt, that we can you know, log into the good internet over there. <laughs> the good internet. <laughs> we can, we can hardwire it if we need to. And uh, we will be able to uh, put all the items that are out there for bid. We'll have them on a table, and we'll have a camera so that we can show you the items. I mean, not everything is something that you have to see. You know, like one of the items is a, is a reading from Chip Coffee. Right. So, you know, there, you don't need to see that, but we'll have it. And then people can bid. And, uh, and we had talked a little bit about it, Stephanie, you and I, about, you know, people will be able to bid in the chat room, and then the winning bid, we will immediately reach out to them. Right. And you immediately, you know, if you're the winning bid, you have to call us at the house and, you know, tell us that you're the winning bid, and you will have X amount of time to put the money through via PayPal, okay. or else the item will go back out to bid right. for people. Because, you know, we, we want to make sure that we get this stuff going and we get this money raised for max and we don't want people to be screwing around with us so that's uh that's we think that's probably the most fair way to do it 
Because Agreed. originally the plan was just to have the people come How to the house. How much are you looking to raise? To the house. Well, as much as possible. Yeah, there's a, is it, I, I, a I was going to say, is there, a, is there a, a number? Anything that will... We, there is a number, and it's very high. So whether or not we'll actually reach that number is in question, but every bit helps. If for some reason we do get over the number of money, uh, we have talked about putting it aside for future care for Max in case whatever this is comes back. Uh, but one of the other things that was discussed is also making a donation to the animal shelter in Max's name. Because as you know, Lizzie, Lizzie Borden started. left and she left money yeah. to perpetually fund that shelter, yeah. but they could always use more. So, you know, it's – I don't mean to be negative, but it might be hard to reach the number that we have to reach anyway. But in case we do, Unless it's possible. Unless Lizzie's ghost helps us with the auction. Put, put it this way. I, I don't want to talk the numbers because, like, Leanne hasn't publicly put it out there yet. I know she mentioned it to everybody last week in the house, but um, she could have bought a car. Okay. For, and a good car. <laughs> I was going to say, I can buy a car for 500 bucks. Yeah, say. You, you might have been able to buy a, a very good used car. So something that's at least four zeros in it. How many zeros? All right. No, there's three zeros. Okay. But it's very close to needing a fourth. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's a lot of money. So we're going to try and do our best to, to help raise some of that up. So we'll have some pretty pretty awesome items. I know one of the items that's already arrived at the house because, you know, we're having everything sent directly to the Lizzie Borden house so that everybody knows that that's where it's going and that's what it's going for. Mm-hmm. And also so that I don't forget anything. I could say send it here and then I'll forget something and, you know, we'll, we'll short an auction item. But um, one of the items, if, you, if you've seen the latest season of Kindred Spirits, yes. you've seen Adam and Amy walk around with the headphone microphone. Right. Unit that they use. So, and those are made exclusively by some friends of ours uh, down in New Jersey. So they are going to, they donated a a pair. So we will have that for auction. And uh, we'll see if we can get Amy and Adam to to sign the box or something too. I think if Amy's around, I think she'll probably come and take part in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that Nick Roth has mentioned wanting to come down and take part in this. And uh, anybody else that's local, that's in the area that wants to come by. You know, we'll we'll welcome them too. But in terms of like inviting the general public, we thought that maybe coinciding this with an event there will help keep that. So that we just don't have all kinds of people trying to show up and just come in and be part of this. So anyway, we'll have details. I'll talk to Leanne tomorrow. We'll have details about that coming out tomorrow. But don't hesitate if you want to help. You know, you can always uh, just call up and tell Leanne, hey, I want to make a donation to help with Max's medical bills. You don't even have to wait for the auction if you don't want to. Uh, I'm sure she would be able to work that out with you as well. Jeff Campbell just said that 12 tickets to his tour are ours for the donation. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Jeff. That is outstanding. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's a very... That's a hell of a tour, too. Yeah, that's not. We're not talking about just going there and listening to the ghost stories. That's very hands-on. Yeah, that's actually Jeff is awesome. Looking and investigating. So, uh, thank you very much, Jeff. And uh, so we will definitely uh, have a full list of all the items well before, and we'll have like you know how they do those auction previews where they put up like a website where you can look and see what all those items yep. are. We'll do something similar to that. Okay. I don't know how technically savvy we can make it, but we'll at least have a photo gallery. On Facebook or something, where we can show you <laughs> all the different anything. items that we will have. I know I came home with uh, 
a couple bags full of items from the TWC guys. Excellent. So those guys are awesome as well. There's lots of goodies in there. There's hats. There's t-shirts. Oh, there's, the hats. The hats are highly sought after. I, I've I've heard uh, sweatshirts, signed pictures, uh, some different goodies in there, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So uh-huh. I get to look through it. It's in my suitcase. That's pretty awesome. So we got that. We got a lot. Uh, and I know that John Zaffis already sent a, a signed book. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else had already sent things that I was aware of. Uh, but there's there's more stuff coming. You know, everybody, when I put out the email and I said, you know, we need people to, to send items for us to auction off, everybody wanted to send something. Right. So uh, we're just going to collect. And, again, if you're, you know, one of the people that agreed to make a donation or maybe maybe you're somebody out there that wants to donate something that has uh, something that you think that there, there's a gentleman who makes some equipment that lives in Carver yep. who said he wants to donate some of the s- stuff that he makes. I just got to work it out with him to pick that up. So... You know, maybe you have something that you think would be a good auction item. Just let me know. Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. We were just trying to come up with something that would help. We just wanted to do anything to help because Max has been a part of Lizzie Borden since forever. And we've all had Max in our lives for, what, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. 11 years. So um, anything to, to help the poor guy because he's 18. Yeah, he's so, getting up there. So And he's the, the house isn't the same without him. But uh, the... You know, the, the star of the show that night, we're going to have to get Max on the camera while mm-hmm. we're doing the auction. You might want to bring a lot of cat treats. <laughs> he, I, think, I think he'll make an appearance. He's usually pretty good about, you know, coming once, saying hi to everybody, and then taking off. And then uh, maybe if we can... He was super friendly with me last time. One of the things that I want to do, too, and, and uh, hopefully Leanne isn't listening, but one of the things I want to do is I want to try and get something made. Remember okay. the problem that we were having last Saturday when we were there? Which but problem? He, I don't want to talk about it on the air. Okay. But you know the thing that he couldn't do that he always used to do? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I want to see Perfect. if we can have something created to help with that and then just gift Let it to him that see. day. Let me check a couple websites because they already might make it. Well, we, we know some handy people out there that can make okay. some things out of wood. Yep. So if, uh, if you're somebody that is a, a handy wood person... And uh, I think they have a name for those, a carpenter. So if you're one of those people and you want to help us out with something, uh, with just a little little thing that we need to help out Max. So, But uh, we will certainly have more information about that coming up. I do want to get into the topic tonight because... Let's do it. This is going to be... So, all right, I, again, I'm going to put the, 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 the disclaimer at the beginning. That uh, I am not crapping on anything that we have already said that we believe. I'm not crapping on anything that we have had as experiences. I am not trying to second-guess any of that. I'm just trying to put out some of the other side of belief. No pun intended. <laughs> and as I had mentioned, this came up because somebody said that, you know, the, somebody had put out the question, can there be a, a, an expert in the paranormal? And you can call in with your thoughts on that question alone throughout the rest of the night, 508-996-0500, or in the chat room at SpookySouthCoast.com on Spooky TV. But I will say that I was of that mindset mm-hmm. at the beginning. And part of that is, and don't take offense to this, people that are in the paranormal, but we just regurgitate a lot of what we hear other people say. A lot of the stances that we take on things aren't our stances, aren't our beliefs. Mm-hmm. We're just saying what we think people in this field are supposed to say. 
And one of those things is that there cannot be an expert in the paranormal because none of this stuff is proven. So right. if it's not proven, how can you be an expert in something that is not proven? Mm-hmm. Moniz, you work in science. A lot of science is theoretical. Correct. You can be an expert in something that is theoretical, right? Yes. There's no reason to not be... I mean, just... You'll just ask Sheldon about string theory. <laughs> right. String theory is perfect. It's a perfect example. Not right. proven. I had to. Quantum physics, not proven. Right. We seem to think that there's a very good possibility, but it's not proven. But you can still be an expert. There's... Correct. There's many things that are theoretical. Well, with with being an expert in that comes years of studying and research and and learning and... That's what we do here, too. You can apply the same thing right. to the paranormal. So you can be... Research is a method. Right. You know, you can do it on anything if you apply it. Correct. Apply the method correctly. And so. you can be an expert in that methodology. Yep. Yes. Because you've done it enough and you've studied it enough right. and you've, you've tried other things that may be a differentiation. Here's the way I view the word expert when, you know thrown in into the paranormal mix to me an expert in the paranormal is just somebody that has a bit more knowledge than the average layperson or you know somebody that isn't really following it okay uh you can say the same thing with surfing if you wanted to mm-hmm. there's there are surfers that are out there in the waves and there are people that follow surfing they don't necessarily you know go right. out go out and then there are people that just know there's this thing called surfing right and we, we get hung up on words quite a bit, too. Like, for example, like we, we, we tend to think like academia has to be part of expertise. Right. So if you are a professor who teaches American history mm-hmm. with a concentration in the Civil War, then you are a Civil War expert. But if you're just somebody who has a serious interest in the Civil War and spends your entire life researching it, reenacting it, reading about it, uh, you know, all these different avenues that you can do to learn more about the Civil War, well, then you're a Civil War buff. Right. Enthusiast. Right. But you are, in my definition of it, if you know, you don't have to know all that there is to know. Right. To be able to call yourself an expert. Mm-hmm. It just means that you have studied it from different approaches. Now, if you're somebody who follows one track, and says that I'm just going to follow this one track, and this is the way that I'm going to look at it, then you really can't call yourself an expert because you've closed off other possibilities. I think I find that more in this field than anything else is, well, this is my belief system, and this is my theory, and, you know, I'm looking at it from this way, so therefore, you know, even if you got on TV and you didn't, it doesn't matter, but if you're looking at it from one, you know, tunnel vision, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you're, you're missing out on everything around you. I just had to say that to a a bunch of people this week while doing readings like when you have that tunnel vision and you're so focused on a goal or whatever it might be you're missing the entire world around you flowers are growing birds are singing yep. sun's you know rising and setting and you're not realizing any of it so it's the same thing with that well what they're not getting is if paranormal if you're to look at it as a whole yep think of it like dentistry right okay there are many forms of dentistry you've got people that are periodontists that's right. part of dentistry and you've got uh, a number of different other categories. In right. The, there's you know, cosmetic dentistry. There's, you right. know, See, surgery. There's 
a number of different right. avenues, so, but it's all under that same category. Of course. Some people choose to go and follow this particular methodology. Well, same thing with law. You know, yeah. I mean, you can do anything. It's just one umbrella with a bunch of different, you know, subcategories. Right, but I wouldn't – so if I'm a lawyer and yeah. my concentration is in, you know, real estate law, I wouldn't consider myself a legal expert. Correct. I would consider myself an expert in real estate law. I could be a legal analyst. You know, I you could ask me questions about other parts of the law because I have studied it. Right. But I would feel like my expertise would be in that one right. particular concentration. So let me just throw this out there as, as, as a – let me narrow it down a little bit. So let's just focus on ghosts. Okay. So let's if, do it. So if you are a person who wants to be a ghost expert or refer to yourself as a ghost expert, yep. I think that that – in fairness, it doesn't mean that you have to know what a ghost is to be an expert in it. Right. I think what it means is that you have to know all the different plausible theories or popular theories of what it could be and be able to speak on each of them. It doesn't mean that you have to weigh them all equally. You can have agree a agree with them. Just right. be aware. Yeah. You just have to know. So when, when I get up and I talk about what ghosts are to a, a library full of people, I don't get up there and say, here's what I think a ghost is. And let's just talk about that. I get up there and I say, here are some of the theories of what a ghost is, and I don't know what it is. Yep. But here are some of the predominant theories, and, and we can explore each one of them. So if that's the way that you're looking at things, I don't think there's any problem with calling yourself an expert or being referred to as an expert. Yep. I think when you go around calling yourself an expert in anything, you can kind of sound asinine a bit. You know, if if you start referring yourself, if you walk up to somebody, hi, my name's Tim. I'm a ghost expert. Like that just sounds douchey. <laughs> Sorry. But if you, I thought that my oh, that was, was going everywhere. That was going everywhere. But if somebody else wants to refer to you as such, or if you want to put it out, that's there, not your fault. If somebody refers to you as such, right. especially you media that doesn't what other know. People label you. But yeah, exactly. But like, that's a huge issue with people in the paranormal. I oh my god, it's horrible. I just said this this past week. Um, I have always referred to myself as, hi, I'm Stephanie Burke. This is what I do. This is my occupation, psychic medium. Especially, you know, introducing myself for a lecture or a gallery reading or whatever it might be. I don't walk up to people and say, hi, I'm psychic medium Stephanie Burke. I don't label my social media like at psychic medium Stephanie Burke. Mm -hmm. I think that's stupid. And people that do that are trying to prove something to the world because they don't necessarily have the talent to stand behind them. Yeah, it's just gross. I mean... No, but I can kind of take a step back and see Mm -mm. where there's some... Anybody that's ever done it. I can see where there's some need for Mm -hmm. it. If if you have the same name as somebody else that, you know, and you want to find a way to differentiate yourself on social media. Didn't you have that issue when you first started a social media Stop it. Tim (laughs) haunts me with that all the time. Listen, we still don't have proof that that Stephanie Burke is not that Stephanie Burke. (laughs) You guys are terrible we people, don't, you know that? We don't know when the lights go down. Wait, you but, thought we forget? I uh, was really hoping and like really regretting telling you people. But you know what? I don't even think it was me that told you. I think it was Costa that told you. Yeah, um, yeah like, I don't even want to know how Yeah, he's not so no. silent sometimes. No, because I walked into the, the TV station that night and it was everywhere. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't even find it myself. <laughs> but I, I actually think the website's down now, so we're good. Um, but... There is a need, I think, in some cases to differentiate yourself. Like, you know, if you are – if you have the same name as somebody else that's pretty well known, 
then you might need to like let people know what the difference is between you and them. I can, I can tell you I haven't come across that problem yet, and I think that everybody because, that labels themselves like that is kind of douchey. Because, like, all right, so my name's Tim Weisberg, and there's another guy who is a musician who's named Tim Weisberg. Yeah. And if so, if he wanted to use this, his Twitter handle, at Tim Weisberg Music, I don't see a problem with but, that. Okay, but would you label it at Ghost Expert Tim Weisberg? No, because I wouldn't. I'm already Tim Weisberg. I, I <laughs> no, but I'm saying like first. if if you didn't, is that what you would write? If or I, would you? Or if, would you? If the purpose of my social media was to just be focused on that, yeah, I would probably do like at Tim Weisberg Paranormal or at Paranormal Tim or something along those lines. If I don't know if it was just for that purpose, yeah. But I, you know, my social media is from multiple different things that I do. Right, right. And I think being a well-rounded person is awesome. Like, this is who you are and this is what you do. And that's what it should be. You should be branding yourself as yourself, not what, like one aspect of what you do. But that's the other part of this all is, is, you know, what if you're not branding yourself? What if you're not doing this to, to draw any kind of attention to yourself? You're just doing it to have that, that presence. You know, not everybody that's involved in this is trying to make themselves into uh, a business entity or a, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's but there are some who aren't. There are some who are just like. There's people who are involved in this that don't actually go out and investigate or aren't yes. involved or anything that are just like enthusiasts about it. So if they wanted to, you know, like look at look at anybody that's a, a fan of of a TV show that fall. Look at some of the you met some of them this week. Some of the TWC fans, mm-hmm. you know, they might have. Their, you know, their Twitter handles might be at Ghost Stephanie or at Ghost Matt. You know, it doesn't mean that that's all that they are. It just means that that's kind of what they're putting themselves out there for is being the thing that they're most interested in. And that's how they're identifying themselves. So I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing if somebody does that. It's another thing if you are fully branding yourself as that. No, that's what I'm saying, that that brand. Um, I just had a question in my chat room um, from Gina asking, how do you go for a presence but not draw attention to yourself? Well, but that's the point of... You want to draw attention to yourself, but you want it to be the right attention. You want it to be for the right reasons. You want people to follow you for you and your personality and your interests and what you have going on. Not necessarily because you do one thing and you might do it you know, completely mediocre, not so much great. Well, all right. So I hate to put somebody on the spot, but Matt Costa just walked back into the room. Um, <laughs> so we kind of got to catch him up on this a little bit. But Matt, okay, you're, let's do it. you're somebody who is, you have an active social media presence. Okay. But you're not out there looking to, like, promote yourself as something. Right. You're just out there to kind of interact with the people that you know and, you know, yeah, whatever. It's, it's just... uh Something that's kind of fun. Yeah. So then, if the, like, what is, what, is that it? Just fun? Just having an outlet to put out some thoughts that you have to, to maybe make some people laugh or make some people think? Um, yeah, it's kind of like if you, if you find something funny or interesting or, uh, something that's kind of like a hot topic, you want to know other people's opinions. You want to share it with other people. And you want to be able to find other people's opinions too. Like, right. you could just be—you could be just as silent on social media as you are in, in you know, <laughs> on the show as a silent assassin. But you can just right. go and, and watch and, and engage and learn and observe without actually having to be. That I mean, that's that's. Um, I guess that's something, something else. I mean, you could take something and kind of throw it out there and see how it, how people react to it. 
Because, see, like, I have a social media presence because of the work that I do. And because, like, when I write a story, I want to get that story out there in front of eyeballs. And when I have information, I want to share that information. And when I make smart-ass jokes, I like to put them out there and see if people laugh at them and retweet them and stuff. You know, I'm not out there to – I'm not on social media to try to make myself fam- – you know, I was listening to um, the number two podcast in my life behind Spooky South Coast is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, which is great. If you don't listen to it, you absolutely should. Uh, and they had on Dave Thomas, which – I'm sure Stephanie has no idea who he is. Uh, Matt and Matt, I'm sure you know Dave Thomas. Uh, Wendy's. The Wendy's guy? Not the Wendy's guy. Oh. He's dead. Oh. <laughs> we both have the same No, one. we should have him on our <laughs> podcast because he's dead. Uh, no, the guy from SCTV who was one of the McKenzie brothers. Okay, now I know who you're and, talking um, about. And he was talking about how when he was trying to, to break into the business, like he wasn't really trying to break into the business. He was just trying to do something creative, and uh, and he would just be very – adamant about doing things and he would be relentless and that just led to more and more opportunities for him but he was never out there trying to promote himself he was out there just trying to do things and i think that there's a lot of people that that happens to where you know you just do what it is that you do and then every once in a while somebody says hey i saw you on youtube and i want to see how you would do on this television show or you know i i happen to read something that you wrote online and i'd like to talk to you about helping us with some research and you know those kind of things can happen and it lends credibility to what it is that you do, but it doesn't – it's not taking over who you are. Exactly, and that's that's my issue with everything is don't let something take over your your persona, your, your personality, your everything. You know, you are who you are. Step out and, and be true to who you are, and then everything Amen. that you do will follow. Amen. And I think that's how it should be. You shouldn't brand yourself as something else or someone else. I really can't comment on the whole social media thing. I'm still using a Netscape account. From yeah, you are. I'm, yeah, it's we're a not going to go there. It's a problem. You try to send Moni something, and it's like, sorry, this email address has a one megabyte limit for receiving. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Just like today, you sent him an email, and he doesn't get the proper information because it's still Netscape. It's Yeah, it's so the, the phone that. number you need is probably in there, but you just right. didn't have enough mm-hmm. space left to download <laughs> what was in the email. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we are getting kind of a little bit beyond um, where I wanted to take things, but it does it does weigh in to the idea of this this being an expert, and you can be an expert in what we think that we know. So we don't know everything about the universe, but would anybody say that uh, you know Neil deGrasse Tyson is not an expert in space and astrophysics? I would say that he is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that he's just uh, somebody who is a an astrophysicist buff, you know. Like he's he's an expert. He know what whatever possible knowledge that there is to know at this point. If you can discuss it, you right. can call yourself you're, an expert. You're differentiating between things that are what are called accredited. But I don't think that the accreditation has to come into it because you can be an expert in things that don't have accreditations. You know, you can be an expert in how to play Monopoly. And if somebody is the greatest Monopoly player that I know, I would introduce them to people like, this is my buddy Moniz. He's a Monopoly expert. you got to see what he can do. It's amazing. You know, it doesn't mean that. And by the way, what was the thing that I read about Monopoly the other day that blew my mind? What's up? Oh. Silence. 
Mm. I forget what it was, but I read something about Monopoly, and it's like, a lot of people don't know this, but the whole point of Monopoly is this. And then I was like, whoa, because I hate Monopoly. Well, doesn't everybody? Yeah, no, people love it. I don't. I can't stand it. I haven't played it. But it takes forever because years. we play it wrong. That's that's what the that's what it was that I was reading that was um Good First time. of all, you're first of all, you're definitely playing Monopoly wrong if you let people decide whether or not they want to buy a property. Okay. The actual rules are when you land on a property, you buy it. They have to. Yes. Really? I um I highly recommend Monopoly Junior because it's a lot shorter. Well, most things junior are shorter. I know they have like a credit card now, don't they? Do they? I know they have one where like people have uh, the debit card. Really? Yeah, you can swipe it. I forget what it was. The closest I've gotten to play Monopoly is the McDonald's board, and I don't even know if they still have that anymore. Oh, they're playing it right now. There's, there's are two, they really? Don't tell me there's that. Two, let me let me just sit on a, a soapbox right now. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's too many Opleys. Let me tell you. Oh, there is. There's, there's Star Wars Opley. There's like. Oh yeah. Every yeah, town sure. has an Opley. Yep. There's like Red Sox Opley. I think there's a Harry Potter Enough one of the now, too. That's my that's my Larry David uh, rant. So uh, the the what you're saying is there's no monopoly on monopoly, <laughs> right? My goodness, are you looking it up I'm, right I'm now? I'm actually looking up what it was about monopoly that is supposed to be. Well, we we figured it out. You play wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be long and obnoxious, but it is. I feel like the free parking spot was always a uh, uh, always a debate. Well, this is this is what the point is. It's kind of like what I was saying. When you when you land on unowned property, you may buy that property from the bank at its printed price. You receive the title deed card showing ownership, place it face up in front of you. If you do not wish to buy the property, the banker sells it at auction to the highest bidder. The buyer pays the bank the amount of the bid in cash and receives the title deed card for that property. Any player, including the one who declined the option to buy it at the printed price, may bid. Bidding may start at any price. That's what it was. Okay, I, you feel better? Yes, that you can... Right. That'll speed it up. Yeah, when when you land on a property, you're supposed to buy it. And if you decide not to buy it, then you auction it off. It's not wait till the next time somebody lands on it that wants to buy it. So that's why it takes forever. I'm still not going to play Monopoly, though. So. <laughs> no. When the power went out last week and we had no power for a couple of days, you know, my son was itching to do something. And so he wanted to play board games. And I just looked at, like, he has three different Monopoly games. And I just looked at it and said, I'm going to teach you how to play poker. Did you really? I did. I oh taught him poker and blackjack. Because How'd that go? So you basically time, emptied out his piggy bank. Right. No, we did not play for money. <laughs> okay. Because, no. Would you play for Doritos? No, just uh, learning to play. There... No, no betting, just learning oh, okay. learning how to play. Did he like it? He did. He enjoyed okay. it. Um, the only problem is I only have, like, I have this, like, set of, like, novelty playing cards that right. Brianna got so me tiny. at the, the treasury. Yeah, so they're small. So I'm like, these are so hard to play with, but... Like, we need full-size deck, which I'm sure there was one somewhere in the house, but, you know, it was there was, dark there was no lights on, so I couldn't find them. How long did it take you to be- get um, your power back? Uh, it went on, um, like, five minutes before I pulled into my driveway. Coming oh, really? Coming back from Lizzie Borden, so, like, 3.30 in the morning. That's awesome. I just, I pulled into the driveway, and all the lights in the house were on, and the television. And that was the first time, by the way, that the power has ever gone out when the TV was on, mm-hmm. that the TV came back, back on, on when the power came out. That never happens. Well, it's you, a new TV, right? You all, but th- still, you always have to press the button to turn the TV on again. Right. Like, I have no idea why it just turned on. Hmm. So, the theory was floated to me by a coworker that maybe it's because we had just come back from Lizzie Borden's and, you know, it was something ghostly. But I think there's a more rational explanation. I think the dog was on the couch and sat on the remote. 
Okay. That's way more plausible to me Maybe Ruby just needed something to listen to. I don't know. She's always on that couch when I get home. So, there you go. We are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, I do want to get into some of this, the the idea of what if what we think we know is wrong. Now that we've established that we can be experts in it, let's totally turn that upside down and say we don't know anything about what we're talking about. Then we're a true expert. Right. That is true. And uh, (laughs) we are definitely experts in not knowing as much as we think that we know. That's our expertise. So we'll be back with more Spooky South Coast coming up in just a few moments. Along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and and now I'm afraid to say it because you're like, oh, if you brand yourself as that, it's douchey. Yeah, but you're doing it. I'm not doing it. So. All right. Well, the undouchey (laughs) psychic medium (laughs) Stephanie Burke. Thanks. Uh, But uh, yeah, we'll keep trying to introduce you as that because you you just need a nickname. Like everybody else has one. Well, we've been saying this now for how many years? I don't know. It's been too Five? long. Been too Five long years? for me. I've been I've I've been in and out of consciousness all day, and I think I'm losing my grip on it now. Yeah. As it is, my stomach dropped during the news break. If I run out of here, don't take offense. It's got nothing to do with you guys. I, I, don't, I don't know how that makes me feel. I don't know what's wrong with. I got to stop working like 13, 14 hour days. Well, I That's, feel you. I've been burning the candle at both ends, especially this week. So. I need to get out of this building, for some hours because I'm here so much and yep. and as you guys can smell it doesn't stay pleasant oh, yeah. at night. We got that's the most paranormal thing that we have to deal with. Out of you know we go up against, you know, ghosts and demons and UFOs and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing more paranormal than whatever that smell is that comes from the 99 <laughs> that we just can't is, figure out. Is it the 99? It is okay. because it only happens when they're busy. Yeah. That's gross. I can tell you but, um, that it smells like that inside if you sit near the bathrooms. I, um, well, that's the thing is I'm not sure if it's the bathroom. Or the kitchen. Or if it's the grease trap. Because mm. Matt can attest to this. Grease traps can have that same septic-y smell to them. Ugh. So. It could, Gross. <laughs> not that you've ever been knee-deep in a grease trap or anything. No. But uh, it, uh, it's, it's something. Anyway, the, the folks listening don't want to know about that. No. But no. Nope. I'm just explaining if I run out of here. It's it's nothing personal. Uh, I've been, I was proud of myself because I never got sick all through the winter. Yep. And now I don't know what it is. Something's like punching me in the stomach. So we'll get through it. Uh, but uh, so nothing we are talking tonight it. about what, that was, that was all just affectation. <laughs> we are talking about um, what if everything that we think that we know about the paranormal is wrong? Because we think that we've built up a pretty good knowledge base. That was the whole idea of debating on whether or not we could be experts, is that we feel like we've built up a pretty good idea of what it is that we think that we know about these things that are unknown. And so the the question now becomes, what happens if it turns out that we're wrong? 
I was thinking about this the other day when I was talking to somebody here in the building about what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. And and I had to kind of put a disclaimer before everything that I said with, well, this is just in my experience. You right. know, this is just in my experience because you might hear from somebody else mm-hmm. something totally different. I do the same. So I hate to pick on you first, Stephanie, but I'm going okay. to. Okay. Here we go. Give us a, a, a brief one-sentence description of what it is that you do. A brief one-sentence description. What, did it, what is it that you feel that you're doing when you're, when you're using your superpowers? I don't think I can do one sentence. I mean, technically, what I'm doing is talking to, to dead people and telling you about your past, present, future, and yourself. Um, but what I feel I do is help people with their grief. Well, right, right. But I mean, just the process of what it is that you're doing is that you're you're talking to dead people. Right. Or not necessarily, you know, talking to them, but, you know, picking up things from them. It depends on the psychic or medium. Me, myself, I'm having a conversation. Well, no, but my my point in saying that is that you, you know, it's not something that we're we're involved in. It's something that you're doing. Right. But I talk to them just like I talk to you. But you don't have to, right? It depends on the spirit and depends on how they want to communicate. Some of them, depending on, like, if they've done this before, can try to just, like, blurt out, you know, a name, a date, you know, a specific period in time, whatever it might be. Other ones that are, you know, used to it or, you know, just happen to communicate like that will just blurt out sentences and I'll yeah. actually have to have them, like, slow down because I can't interpret that fast. Just because I know that I've seen you, like, kind of nod and say, okay, okay, and I don't know if that's so much that it's just right. that they're, like, rapid fire giving you information and you're yeah. just acknowledging it yeah. or if it's that you're asking the question and I just don't Both. hear you ask the question. Yep. Okay. So what if you found out that it's not dead people that you're talking to? Okay. And I know that you're, you know, you've gone through the process of, of verifying to yourself over the years that that's yep. what it is that you're doing. But what if it's not? What if it is, what if it's that you're picking up something from the person that the person wants you to hear? Okay. That you may be giving a reading to. Or what if it's something that is internal within yourself that is still providing the information that is necessary. And I'm not saying that it's not, you know, that you're picking up on something. Well, I mean, I'm, d- I'm going to have a rebuttal for everything you say. Right, right. But I might be different than most people. Um, so, like, you know, what you said is I might be picking up these things from these people that, you know, they, so they might be thinking. Start with that first. Okay, so I have the gift of telepathy, which you've obviously been witness to many times. I've done it to you. So I know the difference between the psychic energy and the mediumship energy. And I know the difference between if I'm reading your mind or if I'm listening to someone that's passed on. So I've already proven that to myself. So that one's hard for me to answer. I get what you're asking. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's very possible just like, um, for example, something similar, we use dowsing rods and pendulums within ghost hunting, correct? In Reiki, in all my Reiki classes, I teach about the aura field about the chakra system, about your energy body. And one of the things that have been passed down for thousands of years is those tools pick up on your auric field. So if you're sitting there and you're using them, it's picking up on your own your own energy. It's going to make it move no matter what. Matt, as a scientist, I'm sure you, you're going to agree with me that, you know, dowsing rods have been used for 
ever. Millennia. <laughs> but it's not necessarily picking up ghostly energy. It's going to pick up your own energy as well. It's going to lead you to other things. So it's Science inaccurate. Still doesn't know right. what the so but methodology is that. But that doesn't dis- that doesn't also that. discount that it could be. It doesn't. Ghosts. But at the if, same time, again, what we think of ghosts is. But you know the the same similar. You know, question like there's two sides to everything. Um, your second idea was that it's coming from within you. That it's 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 an intuition. Okay. That's guiding you in the form of a conversation. Like for for example, okay. Let me, let me just mm-hmm. throw this out okay. there. People who are skeptical, if you told them I talk to dead people, they might say, "Are you sure you're not schizophrenic?" Oh, yeah. Are you sure that these voices aren't coming, you know, that these voices are not real, that they are, like, within your own head? What if it is in your own head? What if I'm totally crazy? And it's, see, here's the thing, though, about what it is that you do. Yep. Like, if if none of the stuff that you're getting was actually coming from dead people whispering in your ear, Mm -hmm. and it was actually coming from some intuition you were picking up from people, or if it was coming from something within yourself, or what have you. I look at that and say, but the end result is still the same. It's still helping that person that's sitting down in front of you. We've had this we, disagreement because for years. we've talked about it when it's when we're talking about crappy mediums. So we're right. just taking advantage. Right. Of so my my stance is going to be the same. So um, another part of how I read, which is much different than many others that I have come across, is I can also see the spirit physically. So if they're standing within the room, and you know. I've been with you when, yeah. like, you've, you've seen me do it. I don't know if I've been with you and I've done the same thing, but... Um, I still have more fun with your telepathy ability, right. especially when you do it to your husband and he's still in wedding um, on him. I do it to everybody. Yeah. But I... Um, but getting back to... I, I can see them and physically, you know, describe them standing next to me, in front of me. Like, I've, I've done that with you guys here in the room. I've done it with other people. But if that's the case, how can I be that crazy? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's, it's, so, hard, it's hard to ask these questions right. about what it is that you do because you've had to go through so much of a validation process Absolutely. for yourself to believe it. Yep. Because um, I'm just as skeptic as the next And person. then also having to have that kind of catalog so that you can share it with other people that, right. that don't believe you. But... I think that it is possible that people, uh, you know, not somebody like yourself that's doing this all the time and doing it for people, but, you know, there's a lot of people who say I'm sensitive, I have abilities, I, you know, and I, I haven't really developed it or right. I've always, and so it's entirely possible that those people are completely wrong right. about what it is that's happening to them. It's just they're... It's misunderstood at that point. It's, and they're, they're looking for something that they can equate it to. Right. So, I mean, that's a large part of why I try to teach as much as I do, because I want people to get in touch with, A, intuition first, learn what intuition is, learn what your gut feeling is, and then moving on to mediumship, and I tell everybody all the time that everybody's psychic, everybody has that gut feeling. What you develop it to, like, you might have... You know, you might hit your ceiling, you might hit your threshold, and that's as far as you can go, that's as far as you're meant to go. I don't know. I'm not the one that controls that. But mediumship is a whole other creature. And every medium is psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. So when it comes to that and it comes to that energy, I start everybody off really slow to try to figure out what it is that you're good at and what abilities that you might hold yourself. And I try to explain that to them as they're going through this in order to help them understand what it is because 
you might think you have an ability that you do not. Um, like I tell people all the time, psychometry. Psychometry is part of psychic phenomena. I hate psychometry. I can't stand psychometry, but I'm excellent at it. And I just, I just don't like it. You know, and anytime I ever had to do it, I, it's almost like I got into my own head. I didn't want anything to do with it. Bad things would happen, but I can do it with my eyes closed, hands tied behind my back. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, you, we did it live on air here where Andy had the bag under my chair. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but I teach people this stuff and I'm honest about my own experiences and like I build you up from the ground up so that way we can figure out what you have going on. And most of the time people like, you know, I'm, I'm a medium. No, you're not, you know, let's just, let's back it up. And also just because you can do something doesn't mean that you have to. Exactly. Yep. Like I'm, I can, I can do laundry, but I don't like to do it. So I'm not going to. I was waiting for that. No, but I'm just saying like, just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean that you have, it's not like because you've been thrust upon with these gifts or been able to develop these gifts more than the average person. You have some sort of an obligation to have to do it. Right. I mean, there's people who probably have, there's, there's, there could be people who are just naturally really good at yep. doing what you're doing. Like, they've, they're already at that point. They could be better, uh, or they could be more disciplined or right. what have you, but just choose to just not do anything at all with right. it. Right, like my mother. So it's a little bit hard to kind of ask some of those questions, uh, you know, picking on you, but I'll pick on Moniz now. What else is new? I know, why should it change any different? <laughs> but you've spent a lot of years talking with... Are you calling me old? Um, calling you experienced. Okay. That yeah, was nice. Politically that correct. Was nice. <laughs> as, he's, as he's sitting there with this big gray we beard. Bedford. Hey, you're 1420. <laughs> uh, but uh, you'll notice I had to take mine down yeah. a little bit. Now, I, I like I, it I better. It's more gray without all the beard there. Well, you know, the higher-ups were all coming here, so I didn't want him to think I'm I was the homeless person. Give it spring trim, <laughs> Stop too. Stop it. So. Yeah, you get, you got to, you know. And then you got to do, like, the summer reset where you shave it all down. and Summer, it's uh, coming off. But, um... So you spent a lot, a lot of time working with abductees. Yes. And, you know, and, and I know that you've gone through the process of, of vetting what they've told you and, and syncing that up with, in some cases with physical evidence and, yeah. and things. But it's also entirely possible because we can't say for sure that they could all just be mistaken about what's happened to them, that it could just be something that they've made up. It could just be something that... And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that there isn't connections between them and that, you know, that there isn't some sort of a phenomenon taking place. It just means that I'm saying it's entirely possible that space it, aliens didn't take them. Right. It's something else that may be occurring. Yeah. The theory is also floated. I, I mean, like that theory better. Well, you can like it all you want. It doesn't still make it. Just, just saying. But. Just throwing it out there. You sure you don't want to be visited? Nope. I'm good. You, I, I I can make no. a request. What no. if what if they're the reason why you're so good at what you do? Stop. Uh, why would you say that? Interesting. It's possible. Maybe maybe you've been maybe touched they're not by them. spirits. Yeah. You're a horrible friend. <laughs> you know, because I, You're not, truly rotten to the core. Not to go back to, to, to you on this either, Stephanie, but <laughs> let's pick on you anyways. I mean, you're not you can't be a thousand percent sure that the people that you're talking to are the actual ghosts of the people that you're talking or the actual spirits of the people that you're talking Nor to. Nor can I be certain that they're aliens and not necessarily spirits. No, but I can absolutely say I've had experiences with both, and I can definitely tell the difference. <laughs> 
So have I. I don't and know, there's a right, distinct right. difference. It's but very different. There's no absolutes in this either. No, there's not. But when you see it's, two different things and they feel two different ways and they have two different energies, obviously it's an apple and an orange. They don't match. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, I, it's... Back, they're both highly in. strange. You still, right. They're both still highly like, strange. It's a common denominator. You still That's about that percentage out there, you know? Like, even... Like you can't even be 100% certain on... on there's certain things you can be certain of. I know when I go to Burger King, I know that that burger was not a Wendy's burger, you know? But in some ways, and that just made me feel sicker. Stop it! <laughs> but, it, you know, there's there's certain things... It's that whole Dave Thomas thing coming back. Right? But you kind of have to yeah, have yes, some... I know who Dave Thomas is, by the way, you jerks. Both of them? Yeah. Okay. No, she, you only know the Wendy's Dave Thomas. All right, continue with You don't with know the other Dave Thomas. What, who, what, all right. Continue not, with your cheeseburgers and yeah. aliens. I don't know, know how they Because really... she knows I'm going to start quizzing her on SETV characters. I don't want to go there. Um, but, uh, you quiz me every week. Count Floyd was always, always doing too. The, uh, when it comes to what it is that's behind this all, like you can't be 100% certain of, of what it is. Does that change the phenomenon of what's taking place at all? I don't think that it does. I think if you're saying Anytime these people, you, you have the Heisenberg principle. Observation changes it just by the act of observing. No, but but even even so, like if 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 it turns out, say for example, not to get all you know Fox Mulder on you, but if it's not aliens that are abducting these people, yeah. say it's the government. Say say they're running there some sort of my ex, lab ex, abductions that go on. Yeah, experimentation on on the human psyche. But does that? change the fact that people are having these weird connections with each other when they're not in the abdu- you know all these things that you've told us about over the years it still has a weirdness factor to it even if well the cause root cause of it is changed never mind my own experiences when it's happening to other people because my experience is not unique far from it. there's far more people that are making these connections and abduction experiences meeting other people and then meeting them elsewhere and you know that number one takes it out of the you know psychological aspect of things it's two people sharing the same psychological thing well that's even far more astounding and statistically uh, unlikely than aliens but I'll go with that okay that happens often but so do abductions (laughs) how many stars are out there and things like that but it's what what are we going to accept that that's you're you're saying that we can only uh assume that it says because this is what we've labeled it so far right right okay that it could be something else it go that could be applied to anything in life not just anything paranormal we're just making assumption that this is a red drink right right but are you sure? Red to you is different it's than red to me. To, correct. And we have no other way of describing it except red. Right. So, uh, you know. Unless you're colorblind, then it's brown. But still, like, that is your red. Yep. So you can't, you don't know what red is. Like, right. there's, there's. But someone told you it was red. Right. Right. So there's, there's no. See, the, the kind of the point of this that, that I'm, I'm getting to with a lot of this is that I'm saying that we've reached the point where. We have gotten to the point where we have to say some of this stuff has to be true. Right. Like, it can't be wrong. 
And so we're trying to find the ways of looking at where it can be wrong, but we can't because we've already gotten to the point where we can. But we're also. I don't want to say prove of re- regurgitation. Like we but were these, just talking about. You know, but this is regurgitation yeah. with our own within our own experience, though, too. It could be, yeah. You know, like, but it's also with what everybody else says. Society says, like someone told us that that color was red, but why is it red? Well, I'm, t- I'm talking in terms of the, the the paranormal side of things. You know, like we we have we've done enough to kind of prove this to ourselves to the point where you know there's no. The, I don't want to say that you can't question it, but in some cases you really can't. Mm-hmm. In some cases you have to say this is the only conclusion that I'm right. left with. So the old dog comes razor. But at the same time, like I can say that it's entirely plausible when I do what I do when it comes to investigating, mm-hmm. because obviously it's different than what you do, Stephanie. But if you know, I can say that it's entirely possible that I am talking to myself in the dark. That I am. You know, okay. What about when we're all sharing the same experience? We've all been in haunted places right. and had a and something happen. We all were witness to it. We all may view it a little different or heard things a little different, but we all experienced it. But there is also the possibility that we are all influenced by each other as well. We like to think that we're above that. When objects go flying, that's pretty much <laughs> it's an indication that this. Uh, l- l- let me let me put out a good example, okay? This this is a question that came up because last week we we're at Lizzie Borden's house, mm-hmm. and what happens every time we go to Lizzie Borden's house? Somebody has somebody has their legs lifted, right? Yeah. And somebody will take a photo of it or a video and put it out on social media, and immediately people will come out and attack it and be like, "Well, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't show anything." Right. But when you're there and you're seeing it happen. And you realize the circumstances around it and the fact that nobody can keep their legs out like that for all that time. You start to realize, like, no, there's... there's. Yeah. I mean, hell, it happened to myself, and I didn't believe in it at all. But is it possible that it is not really happening? I mean, we have to really kind of break it down and say, is it possible? First factor is there's a huge level of the power of suggestion. Right. Because Absolutely. we tell them the story about what happens to other people. And so the people that lay down on that bed, for the most part, are laying on that bed with the hope or maybe even the expectation that it's going to happen to them. How about, like, that experiment that you did with the tank down at the uh, Military History Museum? Oh, I, I, I don't want to talk about that. No. Okay. No, I don't want to talk about that there. Not right now. Okay. Uh, but uh, that is that is certainly uh, along the lines of what we're talking about. Have I? Have, I don't think I've revealed that yet. No, I mean is, I know, but right. That's why I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it yet. Okay. Well, we can. Let, let's just say that's still an ongoing experiment. Right. Okay. Yes, we can't reveal the secrets, but um, like the. I don't. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to reveal the the, uh, no, the, the end of the case being, study on that yet. Well, we've got but a lot. Know, of, we've got a lot of these little events that happen at these haunted places that we use as earmarks. Okay. Right. And. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but let's just let's just break it down simply to the to the leg lift. So they know that it's going to happen. But Moniz, you laid down on that bed knowing the story. Yeah. And you went into it with no expectation of it happening. One way or another. And yeah. you were not influenced by that story. No. And what happened? And you didn't have it happen. Correct. Stephanie, you. But I still. I didn't have. My legs lifted, but I swear to God, I felt little feet running around me mm-hmm. on the bed. So, and right, 
that, that I felt. That I definitely felt, and I was I was the only one on the bed. But you didn't feel anything grab your legs and, and lift it up. No. And and Stephanie, you had that experience, but you also did not lay there right. expecting it to happen. No, I was uh, kind of expecting to prove you wrong. Also, because you would be picking up on other right. things. Yep. That weren't happening. But I also kind of mixed it with um, what I do too. You know, like communicating, like okay, you know, if you are here, you know, kind of doing my own thing, and um, I wasn't expecting anything to come out of it. I just thought there's there's no way. I think I remember even asking you um, questions like, you know, is is the floor slanted? You know, what's going on? And nobody can come up with any other explanation. And that's, you know, as it was happening last week, that's one of the things that I talked about is that I've spent years trying to figure out what else it could possibly be. And instead, what ends up happening is each time, instead of getting closer to figuring out what else it could be, something, there's a curveball that's thrown. But so just, and I'll get into that curveball in a minute, but in just that relative small experiment of will my legs be lifted or not be lifted, that... So people can go into there expecting it to happen, and that can influence them in having it happen. They can also be completely convinced that it's crap, and therefore it won't happen, and it still may happen to them. But as we're sitting around there, I'm thinking to myself, could it be that we've put it into their minds that it will? Could it be that the collective energy of everybody in the room wants it to happen, so somehow it's all of us somehow making it happen? Talpering it. And could it, exactly, could it be, or even, not even that, not even to that extent, could it just be, you know, some sort of telekinetic ability? Collective, conscious, I was going to say, you know, you can relate that to people and the power of prayer in, like, positive, you know, energy. There have been scientific studies where they have shown that prayer or meditation on particular things will, will be, you will affect things. We have more power than we think we do. So. Well, I mean, there's there's been people who claim that, you know, when a storm has been coming, they collectively yep. all can will it to, to miss the coast and stay offshore. Right. You know, so if people feel like they can collectively put out that much power to move an entire storm, yep. then six or seven people in a room can probably put out enough collective power to, to lift somebody's happen. legs up in the right. air. Uh, so then the question becomes, if that's the case, if it is us doing that, yep. then... That person is still perceiving it as there's hands wrapped around my ankle, there's hands holding up my foot. You know, the, it's 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 not just a matter of like we're pushing it with our minds right. and the legs go up. There's still that physical sensation to it. So it just it becomes harder and harder as there's these little aspects to it for me to say that it could be anything but that. Because even if it is some sort of weird, say there's some sort of weird gravity field there that's causing it to happen. Well, then the minute you lay down and you put your legs out, shouldn't that gravity field affect your your legs? It shouldn't be a gradual thing that happens slowly and then a thing that decreases slowly. It shouldn't be something that only happens for certain people and not for other people, unless we're going to get into real, like, microbiology and say that there might be certain higher levels of, you know, maybe minerals floating around somebody's body that's affected by that electromagnetic. But still, like, that's harder to think about and harder to, to put out there than saying something might just be grabbing their legs and holding their legs up in the right. air. That's what happened last week that was different that I've never seen happen before. Bless you. Thank you. Is so 
Krista, who is uh, she's come to some of our events yep. before, and, and she's a, a listener to the program, and her dad's a listener to the program. They've come to events together before, and so she is somebody who is a, I'd, I'd say she's a pretty good investigator. Uh, in terms of you know looking at things rationally, and yeah. she's not just going into this expecting to have something paranormal happen. And um, I don't want to give out too much information about her family, but her father is you know in law enforcement, so they're very rational thinking people. And she's laying there on the bed, and she was laying with Cameron, uh, who they're both laying there and they were both open to the possibility that it was going to happen right. but not expecting anything to happen and as they laid there on the bed first her legs went up and then Cameron's went up a few moments later both for a significant amount of time way longer than they should have been able to hold out with their legs but a weird thing happened that I've never seen happen before where all of a sudden Krista's legs start vibrating and like her her feet and her legs are like really like vibrating, like shaking. And I was wondering if like, is that from the strain of holding your legs out? Of course. That maybe that's what's causing it to happen. But she wasn't straining in any way. Like it's not that hard. You can grab somebody's leg and you can tell if you feel a tension in their muscle. I mean, it's kind of weird to say, Hey, I'm going to grab your leg right now in (laughs) the dark, but, but you can feel the leg and you can see, if there's tension there, and you, and you can feel if there's tension there, if somebody holding that out. But when it's relaxed and it's still just shaking, then you've got to think that it could be an outside influence. And what was weird is that the bed itself was shaking. And it's, it's hard to describe in words, but there's a difference that you can feel when somebody is shaking and making the bed shake and when the bed is shaking and making somebody shake. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And everybody in the room went over and put their hands on the bed and could tell this isn't you shaking the bed. This is the bed shaking you. And it was it was strange because I've never seen that happen. And it was shaking. like You, you would feel... How can I describe this? So if somebody's laying... Two people are laying on a bed next to each other, side by side. Legs over the side. Not, not over the, you know, the foot of the bed, but over the side of the bed. And if the legs are shaking... If, if somebody is shaking the bed, the shaking should be more prominent around that person. Right. Moniz might have a better physics way of explaining it, but, you know, that's the point of origin of where this motion is supposed to be coming from. It You're talking be, the transference of vibration. It, shouldn't, it should be stronger where it's originating from right. and dissipate out as you get away from that person. As a general rule, yeah, depending upon material and... The strength of this vibration was away from the two people. The strength of the vibration was on the opposite side of the bed. Where if you put your hand on that, where that was, you could feel that that's where the strength of the the vibration was coming from. And it was kind of just, you know, kind of petering out toward, toward where they were. But then it would get stronger around her feet. Not around her legs, but around her feet, which were floating out off to the side of the bed. I can't figure out in my mind, how that how it would be stronger away from the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless the bed had a mechanism in which it would vibrate. Right. But it's it's not, there's no, nothing about the bed that would make it vibrate. And it wasn't anything on the floor, because nothing on the floor was vibrating. The end table next to the bed wasn't vibrating. Nothing else was shaking. And this was, and I say vibrating, but I'm talking like a strong, you know, 
pulsation. Yeah. Uh, and it just, I had nothing that I could explain it with. I wish you had been there, Moniz, just to, to kind of come up with other ways that we could have tried to figure it out. But I'm sure you would have just been scratching your head, too. This was last Saturday, right? At, at that point, when you're dealing with the fact that it's happening away from the people, like, how can that happen? How can something, how can how can somebody make something happen, make a physical motion like that happen, stronger away from them? It's it's almost like I, I'd almost call it ventriloquism of motion. Huh. It's an interesting it's, interesting term. Yeah. Like <laughs> instead of throwing your voice, you're throwing kinetic energy somehow. Right. Um, I, on a, something like a bed, that's a solid piece of material. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It, vibrations would be stronger at the point of generation. And, and, and you're dealing with springs. Which transfer uh, that vibration right. very well. Well, that's what I was thinking is, you know, what's the conduit for the energy? Yeah. So, but if if you have springs that are underneath these people, then the springs of where the motion is happening, if it's originating with that person, should be... It should be stronger at the person. Right, it should be affected more than the springs away from the people. Correct. Like, there's no way that that would be... I don't know, it's just... It was just very weird. But can you send the energy through the springs, because it's a metal, so it conducts energy, further away, depending on how they're connected, and they would vibrate more on the further furthest point because it's a smaller object. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Sorry. It all depends. <laughs> it all depends Sorry. upon the materials made. And, right, and like very, if you right. were to rip open the mattress and try it again, could that be a possibility? It is definitely a possibility, depending upon how this, how it was constructed. Mm-hmm. So you have so to, it all also has to do with the frequency. There, there's things called harmonic resonance. And right, that, which is... That was part of what I was thinking about with this happening, too, is that it could have been something like that. It could have been some sort of a vibration in the air that was just manifesting through these springs. Correct. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't pick up anything else. Any, You know, the, it wasn't affecting anything else. Uh, there was no... I don't, it, it could be something that these springs are tuned because of their specific coil could be a, a particular frequency of vibration that affects them. And that can happen here. This is just the theory. Is something happening subtectonic? Something mm-hmm. in the earth is moving around mm-hmm. and it's vibrating as it's moving and doing. That's the same frequency that these springs would resonate at because of that energy is at that particular frequency that they happen to be happiest at resonating. So... I mean, if you if you truly look into science, everything yeah, is made I, I of do. <laughs> right. But you know, for everybody at home, like everything is made of energy. Everything well, has. If you want to break it down to the right, yeah. So there, something's always moving, no matter what it might be. Like they, if I, you know, move my they hand around, I'm moving air. The, you know, it's it's the possibilities are endless when it comes to something like that. One of the uh, universe's constants, motion. Right. Yes. Absolutely. So why wouldn't it be a, a possibility? Moni's oh. just going to throw that up there just so you can see. Okay. So that was just how her feet were reacting to it. But you'll notice, like, nothing's happening with, with Cameron's feet. Other than uh, 
You get a little, a little, little bit of residual from, vibration. Yeah. And that this is, is interesting. Yeah. And it actually got stronger after the video. This is only like a little... She just wanted her friend to record it so that she could see it later for herself. Okay. Usually when people hold their extremities out, you can only do it for a certain amount of time before the body starts right. to go what's known as acidosis. Yep. And that is the onset of, you know, uh, the muscles starting to fail. Right. And they'll twitch and they'll flail. And, then and it's eventually, painful. Yeah. And it's then truly it, painful. And then it just quits because you can't So when, when that had happened to me, I still don't remember how long my feet were in the air. But it was... We, a, we estimated about 45 minutes because it was one side of a tape. Right. Mm-hmm. And... I have really bad knees. There's no way I can hold my legs up like that. My knees were completely off the bed because that's, you know, how everybody starts off. And um, my legs weren't shaking at all. Oh, I know. I was sitting there the so, whole time, yeah. I, what's the I, and I was scratching was like my head. Something was just holding my legs up. Well, so the average person, if they're in, we'll call it moderately decent shape, 15 minutes at maximum. Right. 15 minutes. Well, I mean, you got to be you got to be probably better than moderate shape to hold it up for that I'm long. I'm being generous. You know, because like... I'm Athletic not, at best. Yeah. You, for yeah. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm yeah. not in the best shape myself, okay? I'll admit that. But when I hold out a tape recorder, at, you know, in a media scrum, uh, you know, in the Patriots locker room, whatever, I'm holding out a tape recorder, I can get maybe a good, like, two or three minutes before I get to put my arm down. And I look at the other media members and it's kind of the same for them you know mm-hmm. they got to shift around they got to put it in their other hand they got to like bend an elbow it's uncomfortable you know it's holding it out anything out for that i don't like 15 minutes i'd even be impressed with well that's how uh, a lot of people do the workouts you hold you hold the weights out until you feel the muscle start to fail curl it do it back again and i would think too like that motion that happened um she's probably well into 20 minutes with her legs out like that. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was, well, that's just because she's holding her legs out and it's, you know, she's starting, starting to do yeah. right. But it wasn't, it wasn't the case at all. And it actually, she spent longer with it doing that than she did with it not doing that. So it was, uh, it was certainly, it was one of the weirder times that we've had it happen. I think, I don't know if anybody else tried the leg lift that night. I didn't stay in the room because we had other things going on in other places. Yep. But uh, that was definitely one of the most strangest experiences that I've seen with that. And, and like I said, it's gonna it's different every time. It's never just a matter of telling somebody, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and then you can just get up and walk Well, I mean, away. it's like a giant case study. We've been taking people there for about 10 years now and running the exact same experiment, experiment over and over again. So it's it's always different. Does it happen to a specific type of person? No. Does it? Does it happen to someone with abilities like me always? No. So. I really kind of wish it would not happen. Why? Because the more that it keeps happening, the more that it just drives me crazy that we can't figure out what it is. I'm sorry. Maybe we will someday. I know, but it's just, it's like, oh. And it's like, why does it have to be that? And because why it's so it, random? It, it is very right. random. And, it's, and, and I really don't like the fact that it's something that started with me. That's what really bothers me the most about it, because I don't want to know. He's just busy showing oh, oh, okay. donuts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. it's not a spooky South Coast episode without 
<laughs> spooky snack coast. Yes. Uh, no Swedish fish. So <laughs> no. The the thing that was on Fun 107 yesterday. Did you see that? No. Uh, Sunrise has a uh, sweet bread donut filled with rice pudding. Oh yeah. That yeah. sounds horrible. Well, I was just, I was yeah, just like, no, that sounds awesome. I saw that and I was like, I don't know. Who would buy that? They're, they're a WBSM sponsor. What am I, what am, so. I, what am I missing? <laughs> is, rice, is rice pudding really that good? Oh, yes. Oh, is that I just in time pudding. for Easter? I don't know. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, There's I'm, plenty of other things you can put in a donut. I'm dying to try pudding. one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Casey to bring us nope. a dozen of them on Monday. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. There's this. a lot of things you can put in donut. I'll tell you one thing that you shouldn't put in a donut. Lemon. That's like disgusting. Cut no, the crap with why? the lemon donuts. That, you know what? That explains a lot. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Go ahead. Argue it. It's also, <laughs> it's also gotten to the point, too, by the way, where I've had to start accepting jelly donuts. Really? Yes. Because those are pretty gross, too. Usually that's the only donut that's left when I get to the donuts here. Like the other day, somebody brought in Dunkin' Donuts yesterday. And okay. by the time I found out there were Dunkin' Donuts here, all that was left ones. was one jelly donut. That's gross. And as I'm eating it, I'm like, well, this isn't that bad. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've conditioned myself to like jelly donuts. That's gross. Speaking of Bob and Doug McKenzie, by the way, they love jelly donuts. I was just showing Krispy Kreme filled with Nutella. That's I'm not a big mm. Nutella fan. You know, I've never had a Krispy Kreme donut. They're actually pretty good, especially fresh right out of the yeah, oh yeah. I don't need donuts in my life. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have Nobody to. Nobody needs them, but yeah. I'm just going to pretend they don't exist. So, we got a dozen donut well, it a, it's a baker's dozen, so 13 donuts that they were selling at Walmart in a box. Mm-hmm. And they were just, you know, glazed donuts. And it had, it said right on it, like, heat these up for 90 seconds in the microwave. I was like, oh, yeah, like Krispy Kreme. And so it, it is a totally different experience when you eat a donut warm. Have you ever had a warm donut? Uh, no. So get a glazed donut from wherever you prefer okay. to get a donut from and put it in the microwave for like a minute. All right. And then eat it. It's it's totally different. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. She's I'll think right. about it. It's definitely not spooky South Coast without spooky talking about food. Coast. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, Matt. I will. Do you, do you need that, that now? Do you need that link now? Oh, no, no. Fair okay. Later. Okay, I will. I think we might have to because uh, it's it's on her Facebook, so we might have to like download it and then give it to you. But we'll try and put that video into the show so people can see it. Uh, so. Now, now all I'm thinking about is donuts, and surprisingly, <laughs> I don't feel ill. Your stomach hasn't dropped yeah. any further. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, no, lemon does not belong in donuts. That's I don't no, know why doesn't. that I don't know why that even happens. I still disagree. The absolute worst, by the way, is when you think it's a Boston cream, <laughs> and then you bite into it and it's a lemon. Mm-hmm. Like no, that's like your biggest Stop. complaint in this life, and we've dis- we've discussed that over and over it again. Is. You just constantly get tricked Stop. by it. See, that's why I guess I'm lucky. I'm I'm good either way. Like, have you ever had have you ever had a Bavarian cream donut? Yes. No, but I'm really not a huge fan of Bavarian cream. All right. Well, I mean, like, basically, it's just a Boston it, cream, but it's powdered instead of chocolate covered. Uh, but no. it's like, so easily misidentifiable as a jelly well, donut. When like cream puffs mm-hmm. made with whipped cream, delicious. When you get the custard-filled ones or the Bavarian cream ones, ugh, oh, no, so I gross. Love that. I no, prefer no. that to the whipped cream. Nope, whipped cream is better. The, uh, I'm not saying the chocolate whipped cream is bad, but we have to stop talking about food before you barf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We had we had cannolis here the other day too. Why didn't you call me? Uh, well, I'll tell you off there. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not creepy. They were made. They were made to order. Really? Um, yes. You really hate me now. 
but uh, we will we will get into that. So we we have about ten minutes left. Uh, getting into the idea of of the leg lifting and all that stuff. You know, as it's happening, you're thinking to yourself, what are all the other possibilities that this could be? What are some of all the other things that could be causing this? And I do think that as much as Stephanie has proven to herself what it is that she does, and as much as you, you've proven to yourself and the things that you've researched, and I, I know I picked ab- abduction cases. Yeah. It's just one thing to focus on, but you've researched numerous other things. Um, there's still always going to be enough of a question, enough of a possibility that we're not a thousand percent absolutely certain of course of what it is that we're thinking, but it, it doesn't mean that we can't feel like we have it figured out. It doesn't mean that we can't feel like we have it at least as a, an accepted fact of what it is that we're doing. And in, there's so much that we can take as accepted fact and what it is that we're doing. I think a lot of people jump to the accepted fact a little faster than they need to, but the only thing I guess I'll add to that is you should never stop learning. When you stop learning, you stop growing and never just feel like you've arrived at your conclusion or arrived well, at your location or whatever it might be or your level of whatever you're, you're trying to do. That's even – that's like saying somebody has solved it like beyond – you know, that's like coming up with a final solution. Yeah, I think that but I think people, a lot of people do. I think people are way, way too quick to take some things for granted yep. too and to kind of just accept something as being that and moving on from yeah. there. It's like they, they jump right to the next thing. Like, okay, now that I figured this out, let me figure this out. And, and they have very specific ways of investigating or very specific ways of doing things or trying to capture evidence. It's like, just try something different, you know? Try try to learn from someone different. And TV has played a huge part in that. It absolutely has. And uh, and, and watching. And it's not just TV now, too. It's like watching people, other people investigate. Yep. Has kind of put, like, people are coming up to me and... I was using Echovox mm-hmm. last week, and people were coming up to me saying, like, okay, so now that you're able to communicate with the spirits, like, how does this work? And how? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said that I'm definitely communicating right. with them. I'm just saying that that's what we're hoping is happening. And, you know, this is one way of trying to do it. It doesn't mean that it's mm-hmm. absolutely 100%. And there's just, I don't know. I mean, Moniz in science there are some things that you can take for granted, uh, some things that are repeatable and, and provable, but it doesn't always mean that it's always the case. You still have to kind of take into effect that it's not an absolute. Well, nothing is truly absolute. No, because you could do the same thing, you know, a, a 900th time and still get a, you know, just suddenly get a different result. Correct. So. Yeah, but there are certain things that we can, you know, like, Light being a constant and you know, mm-hmm. motion being, you know, certain things, yes. But that's just, we accept that as it being this, mm-hmm. just so we could model the rest of the things off of that. It gives us a, a starting point, right. so to speak. You have, there's always going to be an if-then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to be willing to say that some of these are going to be always that if. Well, getting back to what you're talking about, what people seeing on television that that isn't so much education as it is conditioning. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, education in in sense that you you're looking into it. You 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 investigate all of the other 
possibilities where people seeing stuff on television, they're being conditioned right. to, to think this is the way that mm-hmm. it's done. And it's an, indoct- it's an indoctrination right. to a specific dogma that right. isn't necessarily the dogma that we as people in the paranormal want to have pushed, but it's, it's being shaped by what the people that aren't involved in this feel is the most digestible right. to people. Which is why I think that, you know, when, when you show up, and I know that you've done this, Moniz, when you've talked to groups, and I know that Stephanie's done it when she's talked to groups, and I know I've done it when I've talked to groups. But when you show up and you start talking about things that are different viewpoints mm-hmm. than what somebody might have seen on television, then all of a sudden you are this, like, radical or, thinker. Or different methodology than what they've seen. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're just this, like, outside-the-box radical thinker. It's like, no. I'm not. I'm just saying about one thing that you're just not familiar with because right. you have, you know, put on those blinders and gone down that tunnel. I saw this on TV, so this is the way it has to be. Right. And, and not that, you know, I think there's a, a misnomer that the people who are teaching you this on TV are trying to and push this agenda, but they're not the ones that are pushing the agenda. Right. And it's not even an agenda. It's not even like we're trying. It's not like it's a, a disinformation campaign <laughs> to make people think that ghosts can only be dead people, for example, where, you know, we've got to only focus on that aspect because that's what we want people to think. It's not. It's just that that's what the people crafting these television episodes feel is the most acceptable and digestible. To Here, people. I'm going to mess with people's heads right now. There have been <laughs> reports of, that, well, I'm going to go in with a residual haunting. And this can be looked up on a couple of um, naval ships, naval warships, Mm -hmm. where people are seeing an event that happens, and they see particular sailors and whatever going through. Now, the problem being is some of these sailors are still alive. Mm -hmm. Okay? So are you witnessing a ghost? How can this person be a ghost if they're, you know, still collecting a retirement check and living in Boca? Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's there's been instances where people have encountered past versions of themselves. themselves. Correct. And, and you know, somebody's lived in a house for 50 years. Then all of a sudden, one day, they walk into the kitchen, and there's themselves from 30 years ago sitting at the table. Uh, like a parallel I, universe type thing. Uh, or, or it could just be an energetic imprint. Yeah. You know, it doesn't... A stone tape. Right, it doesn't have to be anything to to that extreme. So basically, the long story of this is, is even when we think we know the answers, they keep changing the questions. That's very rowdy, rowdy piper of us. Mind if I push something? Uh, In in the two minutes that we have left. All right. um, March 30th and 31st, up in Hadley, Hadley, Mass. Uh, Cliff Barockman from um, Finding Bigfoot. We'll be giving a lecture. Go to squatachusetts.com for tickets. Do you want to spell that? Or? <laughs> no, you don't. Stop it. If you really need me to. I and we'll, we'll put up the links, too, as well, so that people can get to it. But uh, that's, So that's the third, so that's two weekends from now. Yep. yep. Next weekend is St. Patrick's Day weekend. Right. So, you know, maybe we'll have some leprechauns come it's onto the show. Easter weekend. Is it Easter weekend? Yep. Easter is April 1st. Yep. No, that's not next no, it's two weekends from now. No, I'm talking about next weekend. Next yeah. weekend is St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. weekend. So next weekend is also the uh, the half marathon here in New Bedford as well. So uh, we'll see if we can scare up some 
some uh, leprechauns for next week's show. And then the week after that, I don't think we're going to have a show because I have wrestling out on the Cape. And I I have trouble making it back here from, you know, five miles away. Right. So I don't think I can make it all the way back from Orleans. But no, you definitely won't. Absolutely not. And maybe, I won't be here, so. Yeah, you'll be gone. Uh, maybe we can record something, put it in the can. Maybe I'll just make a best of show or something. Or maybe we'll just take another night off. Because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, April 21st, we'll be having that that uh, auction night at Lizzie Borden. So we won't have a show that night. And I know April, Stephanie's all over the place. And May and June, you'll be all well, The good thing about being all over the place in June is at least you'll be around here with us. for some. No, that's July. No, June. June 2nd, we'll be in Fort Adams. So that's local. Yeah, there's, we're, we're not going to be going too far. Paracon for places. June 16th. And we have Plymouth coming up, and all kinds. Of, we'll we'll be all over the place. Well, we'll have a full house June sixteenth after Middleborough Paracon. We need what we need to do is we need to have a backyard podcast at some point. We got to do that. Yep. That's that's happening this summer. We'll find a way to to make that happen. Where it's we just pick a date. just food, and especially now that Stephanie likes steak again. Listen, <laughs> don't push it. It was my only option. Well. uh... It wasn't your only option. Everything else was weird. There was other things. <laughs> they have macaroni and cheese on the ship. Yeah, I but I had to eat dinner fact. with that specific menu every night, and oh no, see that's you don't have to. They could they could have gotten you something from somewhere else. We had to. Oh, you can you can. Ask. We had to. You can say, hey, I want some of that mac and cheese. They'll they'll bring you the mac and cheese. Trust me, I know. I, you know you did it. Well, I I had to eat with vegetarians for an entire week. That's right. Yeah. That is right. All right. So until next week, we want everybody to stay spooktacular.